0: So welcome, welcome,
1: welcome, so welcome. To no stupid, to
0: stupid no questions. questions. Hello, stupid
1: everybody. What's up, so, folks. folks? It's for real. It's with for
0: real. Tilly like, and rah, Jack. Rah, rah, like a no, no specific no order. I love no <laughs> <real>. stupid <laughs> questions <laughs> <laughs> show. Can we curse on the show? Do whatever we feel. Okay. Question for today. No. Rah, rah,
1: like All right. So question
0: no, <laughs> of no, stupid Jack. no stupid question
1: <laughs> welcome to this episode of <laughs> my first question is who are you
0: no stupid question
1: hey 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 everybody this What's is T-Leak
0: this is Jag I'm jumping in early it's been a little while
1: <laughs> yeah we had spring break and we're back <laughs>
0: we're back uh, had to take that, care of the families and all
1: yes 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 uh did you have a good spring break
0: i had a great spring break um oh, okay. you know rejuvenated a little bit had some time with the kids it, it was good um okay. it seemed like we're coming out of a tunnel a little bit on this on this virus thing or Barbie. maybe not <laughs> but
1: uh, it seems
0: like that to me let's put okay. it that way
1: well, we want to welcome everyone to the No Stupid Question show, in case you don't know what you're listening to. It's the show where you have two smart people and one stupid question, or so we thought. So uh, let's just jump right in. We got, there's a lot going on.
0: So there's a lot going on. and We're going to have to discuss it all with you. But today,
1: today our stupid the
0: question? question is, is our two-party system tearing America apart?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry this is this is this feels like a gimme am I missing
0: well, something Well, uh, maybe maybe um maybe it is a gimme I don't know where do you stand I'm struggling a little bit because oh,
1: you're just trying to be
0: contentious uh, well my <laughs> no the the question is have we ever been all that unified to be torn apart at this point in time but I will say yes our two-party system is keeping us apart
1: okay tearing us apart I can I can see that and and you know I I see your were we ever unified and I it it does make me ask the question is it the two-party system or is it what underlies it and,
0: See, and that's I, the kind of analysis we get into on the No Super oh, Questions show. Oh, oh,
1: okay, So, hey,
0: so go ahead I, and roll with.
1: <laughs> glad I could contribute. <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I remember that I had heard a, about a quote from one of the founding fathers, as they are often called, about of the... those da- people. The da- yeah, yeah, that's a whole, whole other show, too. Father. Um, <laughs> 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 about the, uh, the, the dangers of parties particularly because of, and and they talked about the history of the actual wars in Europe, in in England. Right. And then, you know, if you look at um, what it, what we see in terms of the Civil War here even, there was a bit of a, you know, a a separation. Um, I don't think it's as extreme as it is now, and, and that's why I guess I was going to say with that history in mind, you can see a parallel always with basically it always has something to do with money, right? It's this conservative viewpoint versus this not fiscally conservative viewpoint. And usually it brings the government into it, it with respect to where is our money going? And is it funding a big government, which again is sort of more of the fiscally not as conservative and is, you know, are we controlling what's going on locally? So going to the whole state control of things. So everything kind of really goes back into money and the way in which money was controlled, especially around the time of the founding fathers was slavery. That was a big part of the economy. So so to your point is the question not only were we unified at one time, but is it really the two party system or is it what underlies the two party system in terms of the the thing that has always been kinda, you know, tugging between
0: so I, I guess you, you 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 brought up money and the, the old phrase money is the root of all evil Ooh. popped into my head when, when you were when you were saying your initial piece there. First of all, I, I'm not gonna argue with money being the root of all evil evil. You did say something there that was pretty interesting, though. Um, hmm. You talked about times in the past not being as bad as they are now. And I don't know if you realize, but you you said you kind of implied that the time of the Civil War wasn't as bad as it is now, or even the time of the split between Great Britain and the U.S. wasn't as bad as it is now. Did you mean to imply <laughs> that? That those... those Times where we actually were in full-fledged warfare were not as bad as they are now?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. And that actually that may be something take note for another show, which is are are physical abuses any worse than emotional or other types oh, wow. of abuses? Yeah.
0: Going yeah,
1: deep. Yeah, okay. I'm going deep. Okay. Um and and I, I guess what I was saying. And, and I do agree with you because actually in my little brief research that I did, the parties actually had more violent clashes, whether it be both in Europe and because and the Civil War, you could sort of see things along quote unquote party lines, but there was, there was a lot more there. So I wasn't equating the Civil War as at the root of the two-party system. But there was there was some, as I understood, some skirmishes very much like our latest insurrection that, um, you know, that occurred in in the in olden times around the time of the founding fathers. So I guess to answer your question, am I saying it was worse? I, I guess I will say I will sort of acknowledge it. It probably isn't universally worse. In some ways, it's worse. and In some ways, it's there. It was worse back then.
0: Okay, I just had to ask that question, but I do want to get back to this um, two-party. Is it the two-party system that is causing the problem?
1: And the money, um, the money.
0: Well, I'm, I'm
1: a, Oh, you already said agree that. with you that, that okay. money,
0: money. I mean, I, I, think the the battle for resources, really since the beginning of the time, has been the root of conflicts between people. Mm. You know, it, anybody, somebody's fooling themselves if they think it's about skin color or religious belief it's to me it has always been about one group deciding that they want the resources that another group has
1: or to keep the resources or to keep the resources
0: that they have from the other group Mm -hmm. which is another another term for money Mm -hmm. um so from that standpoint the two-party system i agree is also a battle for money and resources but i don't know how you have it i mean how can you ever get rid of the two-party system by having three parties maybe or four, but I don't I don't know how you would get rid of because the party is nothing but one group pitting themselves against another group. So you could call it party, you could call it.
1: Well, I think that this is kind of going through my head so walk, walk with me through it and you may have to sort of correct me again and get me get me uh, off out of the weeds. This came up today because I saw a news alert about one of the Republican senators saying that he was going to block all nominees to, in the Judiciary Committee for, I believe it was for Attorney General, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but basically that he was gonna just block them, not vote, not ask hard questions, not just block them. So he was going to be an impediment to the workings of the United States government ultimately and okay. and that was just that was just what he was going to be not because of anything but because and i believe his statement was that, i'm sorry it wasn't a general block it was a block on nominees from democratic states democratically controlled states and in my opinion so you asked about whether or not we could get rid of the two party system and maybe you know I, this, this is a challenge is can can we find some merits in it and and i agree it's so entrenched it's difficult to get rid of But we need to have some, what am I thinking of? Something something to contain the amount of disruption that can be caused by this sort of, as we say, (laughs) unipartisan or sort of singular viewpoint because it is anti-democratic. It is basically saying, I am not going to honor the choices that were made in you know the other parties sort of regions because i'm right like it's it just it's it it is insane to me but but there need to be some some controls on that type of behavior and it seems as if there's nothing there so the, the the things that the founding fathers were afraid of how do we prevent those things from happening it almost seems as if we didn't build in some of those things so if we can't eliminate then how can we really create something to keep it within the bounds of, of democracy.
0: So I, it's almost as if you're desiring an eject button. When someone takes these extreme stances, we should be able to eject them and get them out out of the way because they're non-democratic. Non-demo-
1: well, someone suggested that that person, if, if it is determined that the work of a particular committee, particularly, is not able to proceed. They cannot do the 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 task to which they are assigned. That that person not be able to serve on that committee. So, it, I, you know, yes, you have to be careful within the bounds of this was a person that was elected. But you also have to say, and this is on your responsibility list. You can't shirk that responsibility unless you know you want to be. I mean, these are still jobs, right? right. And it goes back to this whole thing about you know if, if people voted on slavery. Um, and it was just up to the popular whatever that was at the time. Then you know, would would slavery have been? You know, sometimes there have to be some things that make sure that we're able to work within the, the this this two-party system. So anyway, I think I rambled a little bit there, but well, well,
0: so I would agree with you. I mean, if you were designing a company or a board, you would want internal procedures or processes to deal with the lack of ability to make decisions on that board and I, and I think most well run companies will have or organizations will have a mechanism in case there is a gridlock to to decide yes. and sometimes that it, that means that the previous decision just carries on until you can come up with a new decision hopefully our government has that if we have a committee that's that's not able to do their job hopefully there is a tie breaking mechanism if not then the government was not well constructed so I don't know what particular example you're talking about I mean just like if the the senate can't decide it becomes the vice president who makes the the, the tie-in vote or the deciding vote
1: well that that brings up an interesting case let's okay. talk a little bit about the filibuster
0: filibuster okay you know when I first hear that you know my my favorite Uncle's name was Phil, so when I first hear filibuster, I'm like, "Nah, Phil was cool. He wasn't a buster." <laughs> but I know that's not what you meant, but that popped in my head, so I had to, you I had, had to, to share. You had to go there. I had um, to go there.
1: So, as a legal person, as a person in the lawyerly profession, what are your thoughts about the filibuster?
0: My first thought is. That we have rules for a reason. And I applaud people who utilize the rules in a manner to get what they want. So, from that standpoint, I understand the filibuster. And I am not quick to say we get rid of, or, or even how you get rid of the filibuster. So, that's one side of me. The other side of me says, you are. Are, and in this case, I assume you're talking about the Senate or the House, they are elected to do a job. They are elected to make decisions for the welfare of maybe A, their constituents, but B, the, the larger community, which is the United States. And so therefore, the filibuster is very harmful in the ability to get, get the job done. If there is no way that you're gonna get your position, then it is wrong just to be obstructionist.
1: So let's talk a little bit about that because I read an excellent article in Reuters because let's, let's give a little background on the filibuster. Okay. Because I do want our our listeners to be educated. So um, I'm reading from the Reuters article, which we'll include a link. Um, so typically people understand a filibuster to mean you're talking, right? And there's Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And then there was a Texas Senator who spoke for 13 hours to try to block a bill imposing new restrictions on abortion. So apparently to filibuster literally means to delay action on a bill or another issue by talking. Right. Right. And under Senate rules, a filibuster can only be stopped if 60 senators, right, so that whole two thirds thing, vote to end the debate in a process called closure.
0: Right. Okay. And and so just just to add something there, um, Mm -hmm. the reason you do the filibuster is you take the time up, you take time away from, you use up the time allotted to make a decision. Is that correct? Well,
1: so the, actually, so until um, 19, uh, what was it? Um, The 1970s, it was still a talking filibuster. And this was the tradition. So basically senators object, who object to any debate actually just stay on the floor debating, right? So what's happening now is that apparently the, in 1975, the Senate reduced the requirement for limiting debate to three-fifths. So it was, I'm sorry, it was two-thirds. So filibusters were going. So notoriously they were used by Southern senators in the in the 1970s the senate leadership began agreeing to allow measures that were facing a filibuster keeping in mind that that term facing a filibuster to be put aside while they acted on other bills mm-hmm. now the move was intended to keep the work of the senate going right to prevent opposition on a single bill but it also meant that the filibuster changed from an energy draining maneuver with lengthy speeches to if you actually just threat to object, right? If they were facing it, they just didn't even go through the, the, the motions. They put it to the side.
0: right?
1: And that's when the number of filibusters skyrocketed because it's basically, you could say, I'm going to object and, and it's basically the lazy version of the filibuster now. You could say, I'm gonna filibuster and that's tantamount to you standing up and talking for 13 hours. You don't have to really do it. And it will actually, you know, uh, result in things being put to the side.
0: Right.
1: And, and, and as long as people keep bringing up other bills, they keep acting on them. Right. So it, it is really, really about the fact that this has been twisted. So, you know, it, it putting the filibuster bills aside as as writers, this writer's article says, made filibustering more successful and less costly, right? You don't have to do anything in order to get something put to the side.
0: Well, and, so and it, also it you made can worse. get other action taken care of. Yes. Why? Why? Because it's difficult that was, things to Yes, the side.
1: that was not the intent. So. I think and, they, and
0: so what, what I only my only addition to that and what I may not have expressed clearly before is that the Senate does only have a limited amount of time to act so if you put something on the side longer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they will not get to it during that session and you could put it off indefinitely.
1: yeah so there has been talk about excuse the pun a return to a talking filibuster
0: so to the test, make them really.
1: To, yes, make people, hey, you do this as long as you can. And then, you know, we put it to So I, I think that there are things like that, that we really need to take a hard look at and understand how this is affecting productivity and, and to be honest, the will of the people. Um, because ultimately it allows, uh, just like this, we're talking about this one senator I don't know what support he has within the party, but this one Senator to say he is not gonna support anyone that's not from his party. He's going to derail the process because they're not from his party. Not because they don't have the right credentials, not because, not for any number of rational reasons, but for a strictly partisan reason. So I i, I can't, that to me is, is not, um, allowing the will of the people, allowing even others to to you know so and and I don't know you know how that's going to work in the but again how is it that we're creating these controls that don't allow that type of partisanship to um, to basically control what gets done that's 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 ridiculous and it's been happening for some time.
0: So that's one way you're saying is to go back to the making people actually do the physical act of the filibuster. Yeah. Uh, I guess another thing that is on the table is whether or not you change the Senate rules. Yes. To end the filibuster by making, making rules by simple majority instead of allowing things to be held up by minority. And, And so that is something that is being discussed right now because of the contention between the two parties. It would be extremely difficult to do because Democrats basically only have 50 votes right now. So it, they would need every one of them to toe the party line in order to change the Senate rules. Right. And of course, they could be changed back at the midterm if the mm-hmm. Republicans get more than right. 50, 50 or more. Senate right. Votes. And
1: that's what they've talked about is that it favors whatever party is, you know, in a good spot in terms of actually getting that, that 60 vote. What people might have seen also is that there have been changes to the number of votes required for this concept of cloture that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2013, the Democrats removed the 60 vote threshold for voting on most nominees for administration jobs, but not the Supreme Court, allowing them to advance on a simple majority vote. I don't know if people know, but in 2017, the Republicans did the same thing for Supreme Court nominees. Right. So other than that, it would have taken more for them to and and you can see where the danger starts to happen what's interesting is those were changes that were made but they are again changes that were made that allow things to really sway in the direction of whatever party is in the majority
0: yeah so i don't know the solution to that i mean i think it's unfortunate that most people don't and i know you do t lee but most people that are not concerned with being fair, <laughs> they're they're concerned with preserving, yeah. or increasing their standing, increasing their power. So unfortunately, I don't see us electing a senate that puts down or turns their back on things that would give them more power in the in the, in the name of fairness. So what I see is this pendulum swinging every time the states have a new constitution. I mean a, a new constitution of the people going up to the senate i don't see how that changes i guess we got to go we got to start on the ground and get the right people in office it's going to be a very difficult thing to do
1: yeah i do think that you know i brought up the filibuster as a this is one of the larger looming problems that we have to getting anything done in all honesty right because you know the push from the Republicans at this point, because they don't control the majority in the Senate certainly is to, oh, you we should be working on bipartisan legislation, not you know trying to banish the filibuster. Well, the problem right. is we have been unsuccessful for, I would say the last 12 years <laughs> in getting on the same page. I mean, we are at such an extreme point of partisanship That that is virtually impossible. So it does put us between a rock and a hard place as far as a solution in terms of what I was talking about in terms of these controls. I will say though that that aside, this this concept of, you know, I guess they refer to it in the article as a supermajority, supermajority aside, this person that I'm talking about, this representative, um, this senator that has said that he is going to block things regardless, just based on party lines. That, I think, I mean, you know, we can talk about how, you know, filibuster is just talk, 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 talk. I mean, you, you know, I think there's this one where you could talk about, you know, I think Ted Cruz did it once and he talked about Donald Duck or Daffy Duck or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So you just have to talk. You just have to take up the time. I actually would like, in this particular case, that to to have a rule that says you cannot use just like just, you know, I'll take a perfect example, just like we say you cannot use race, gender, religious affiliation, etc. to be biased against someone. Well, let's be honest, that's very difficult to prove because people can come up with a number of different reasons, right? But I'm gonna, I want at least that to be on the docket is that you cannot say I'm not going to pick somebody because from they're from a democratic you can't use party as the bias that to me is tantamount to all of the equal opportunity that we talk about you can't buy, especially when you got people in this day and age jumping from party to party right there was a guy i think he's going to run against warnock in senate here in georgia who just switched over to republican from democrat so it's like you know all of this stuff is somewhat arbitrary right based on the moment in time I mean we've talked about how the platforms of these two parties has shifted um so you know I, I think that that's that's where we could start is it not being an actual reason for blocking things you can't say it's because of you need to give an actual reason and you could Make it up, but you know it has to be something that can be substantiated. So that would be my thought, particularly on this, 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 which is really about stopping the the operating. Is there needs to be some rationale given? You can't just willy nilly decide and make that decision.
0: Interesting proposal. I'm not sure how you get it up to Biden. Get, right. <laughs> Or, you know, do people just get around it by making up? I mean, these are all semi-intelligent people. Hey. Uh, Uh, You you can just make up a reason. You don't don't like the color of the shoes they wear. I mean, you could could make up a reason. So is it tearing America apart? Is the two-party system tearing America apart? You know, it's interesting, and and this is probably.
1: Thank you for returning us to the question.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'm about to return us to a question. You know, when we have a common enemy, we being the United States of America, we tend to galvanize and work together to defeat the common enemy. So maybe that's why the Cold War in Russia was so such a period of prosperity for the U.S. I think the problem right now is that the two parties feel that it's the other party keeping them from being on top of the world and it's not some common enemy out there. So I don't know how you're going to unless you fabricate an enemy, I don't know how you're (laughs) going to, how you're going to stop that, that trend. Um, So is it tearing America apart? Maybe I, maybe, I don't know what I, maybe I have to answer yes, it is, it is tearing America apart.
1: I I think that, and I I don't, you know, I don't have the, I know we like to have data a lot of times and statistics, but I would say just again, based on the anecdotal, which is very strong evidence that we have, which is the insurrection and the You know positioning um in terms of and and how it's leading to these changes in voting and that kind of thing there is there is a lot of anecdotal evidence that there is a serious rift in the what we believe is the best path forward for the united states and so in that way i do think it's it's you know there's Interestingly enough, I was just thinking about gun control because gun control is one of those things that they say that there's somewhere around 70% that agree on, you know, some new standards around that. So, again, who knows what what the polls are right. But when polling, there does seem to be some agreement on some things. And yet what we see happening, you know, and that, that, to your point, this concept of the parties and, and what, what where they are in the political arena and whether or not it reflects what's going on in the, in the country is a little questionable. I do think that it is causing a lot of, of that, that rift, but I do think that, and maybe this is me just hoping for that, I do think that there's still some common ground that we have, and we've got to rediscover that. We've got to, you know, find that again. Um, and it's it's getting more difficult. Go ahead. You 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 took a deep in. Yeah, inning, and I was
0: yeah. Like, I'm 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 you know I'm I'm struggling, struggling with this a little bit because <laughs> I just said it's tearing America apart. But I think that tearing has been happening since America was formed. I don't think we've ever been this this union of this solitary, this you know monolithic thinking United States of America, I think it's always been a disunion and it was from the very early days of the North and the South, sort of having different interests, but not sort of, definitely having different interests. I think it has always been a great diversity in beliefs, foundational beliefs that kept us apart. Now, I will agree with you that there is a lot of common ground and... What the people have to do is understand how they are pawns in the game a lot of time. Mm -hmm. If the people, and I'm not just talking about Black people, I'm talking about all of the people, really start thinking in their best interests, then both parties would have to change their behavior. But the amazing thing right now is, and, and you can debate which party is doing it more, but you have to agree that both parties have manipulated their members to sort of turn a blind eye to their best interest. And, and that is the amazing thing about what's going on today.
1: Well, and and you know, I think that there's a lot of people that will say, well, best interest, that becomes selfish and that becomes what we're seeing because you got the 1% and the da 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 blah, blah, blah and I do think that that phrase is oftentimes manipulated, right? And and used to spin things, right? Oh, this is in your best interest. And, you know, I think society just generally, I think, you know, when you when you look at just the way in which civilizations are built, right? Civilized societies. The idea is you trade off a certain amount of something, freedom, you know, in order to have the civilization right to create this civilization and the the question of best interests is oftentimes and we've talked about this on another show and we talked about have we lost our sense of community to your point what we are willing to trade off on has lessened but we still want the same benefits that we got when we you know gave up more and and that is i don't i don't know how you know to best come back from that i think you know leadership needs to communicate better i will say there are generally those who do have a good concept for that that everyone could get on board with that that could articulate that common ground are not there Um, i think you know they tend to pull like you said in one direction or another and really create that rift but that's that's where we really need to focus our efforts is understanding where where are those common ground pieces and focusing on those to kind of build out from there, because I do think that everyone is interested in. I mean, you know, again, the police is a perfect example. Everyone's interested in law and order, right? You know, people call one person a law and order president and the other one, oh, you know, he wants to, you know, he's not doesn't support the blue. But I think I mean, no one—it's not rocket science. We all want to not have murderers and rapists and, and you know armed robbers and all kinds of things running rampant throughout our cities. Yes, but we want to balance that with our own freedoms, right? I mean, it's, you can't assume that everybody is that and then you know imprison them. So y- y- there has and to be. And you definitely an under- don't want
0: the police to be the murderers, the robbers, and the and well, the rapists.
1: I'm trying to try not to go (laughs) that's that's a different show. I I couldn't I
0: couldn't help myself
1: (laughs) but but that's but that's the point right is that this that's where we have this sort of pull is that one group says that the way we get that law and order is to just go with whatever they want to do ultimately and the other group is saying well we need to put some controls on there and there's somewhere in between that i think we could find some common ground and it just becomes okay well we got to take it to the extremes and it's oh because we want to be right um and that is wherein i think things are being torn apart by this two-party system that relies on that ability to create these extreme positions ultimately just to be the anti of something else And that is where the danger lies. And I would say that then the answer to that is we're really focusing on finding as much common ground as possible. Now, that's not to say that we're going to find it, but that there needs to be emphasis on that in order for us to not just be torn apart. Now, at the same time that I say that, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if we're going to find common (laughs) ground, but I'm going to put my hope. We're going to keep
0: hope alive. Yes.
1: Oh, power keep up alive yes let's bring that phrase back (laughs) all right well we'll let you read about the filibuster we'll let you read a little bit about the history of the parties and but i think i don't think we could we disagree that one of the most important parts is to make sure that your perspective is taken into consideration by voting and by being informed about these things so that's why we try to give you some information so that you understand where this is coming from and are able to make an informed decision moving forward
0: so hopefully everybody welcome back to the no stupid Questions show leave us a comment leave us a like and we look forward to hearing and seeing you soon
1: tell a friend
0: thank you you can ask any question that you want or Don't ask no stupid ass questions.